Welcome to the podcast. My name is Father Peter Muzzit. This is Take Two. <laughs> Not that you need to know that, but yes, it is. Oh my gosh. Please. I'm Scott Powell, by the way. This is the link, you guys. We're the word on the hill. We're and the link, you guys. This is the word on the hill. Yeah. Um, you guys, I have to tell you, <laughs> tell do us. you live in the Bay Area? I don't. I live in, in Boulder County, but well, I know some of you do. If you live in the Bay Area of California. San Francisco. S- area. S- Sat Powell and I. Scott is how you pronounce that. <laughs> we are going to be having a, uh, a meet and greet. Just like hang out. Come and hang out with the Lanky guys. We're going to be at Hotel Zephyr Hotel on Zephyr. M- Monday the 20th. Monday the 22nd. From 5.30 to 7.30. And just hanging the, out. In the outdoor courtyard. Just like chilling out. Seriously, if you live anywhere near, or if not, if you're in Alabama, you want to fly out to San Francisco. Fly on out. We ain't going to put you out. Scott and I together. We just want to want to meet you. So we're going to put some food together, some drinks together. Um, it's going to be just super easy. Uh, we want you to take the rickshaw, the electric skateboards, maybe. Trolleys. That's kind of what they're known for in San um, Francisco. What, what What's a bike that has, has two people on it? A tandem bike. Yeah, you can take your tandem bike in <laughs> yeah. and uh, and greet us. And, Any way you got to get there. And ju- just come and hang out. We really want to meet you guys. Please um, skip work. Um, you know, <laughs> we, cut out early. Yeah, cut out early. You all have tech jobs. Yeah, they don't. They're not nine. You don't yeah, have nine to fives. You're yeah, all sitting yeah, in coffee shops right now, dude. There's Wi-Fi there. Just there's in a, case. a fitness center in case you want to. It's a, it's a, a thousand <laughs> foot walk from Pier Thirty Nine on Fisherman's Wharf. Yeah, to come to be at uh, Hotel <laughs> Zephyr with Scott Powell and I Monday the twenty second. Um, and just just hang out. We're gonna put it out on social media. Yep. We recorded some absurd video. It's not that absurd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking. I was like, I was like, should I put out both the videos that we thought were acceptable? We did nope. like eight videos. Well, a lot of takes. And then you can choose which one you like better. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you guys, we are so excited. Please, we'd love to meet. I hope we have a bunch of listeners out in the Bay Area. If you know anybody, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your whoever you got to tell. Yeah, yeah, we'd dude. love to see you guys. So, yep, so. Monday, the twenty second, Hotel Zephyr. 5.30 to 7.30-ish. Foodie, drinky, ussy. Yep. Hide you. the kids. Hide the wife. Hide the, come on. <laughs> come on down. Hang out with us. All right. 16th Sunday of Ordinary. Now on to business. Business. Right? Oh, do you um, got any shout outs? Yeah, dude. You got a shout out. So my nephew sent me a text message this morning. He's on okay. a mission trip in Chicago. Okay. And uh, he must have, he was like, oh, hey, I, I, I don't know. This is what I imagine happened. Okay. Is that my, ne- <laughs> <laughs> that my nephew was like, oh, you're a seminarian. That's cool. My uncle's a priest. My ne- my nephew Gabe Gabe Bondensinger, and uh, and this guy was like Peter Peter Mossett, Father Peter Mossett. Does he do a podcast in Boulder, Colorado? And he's like, yeah. He's like, dude, that podcast changed my life. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's so pretty cool. That's what I think happened. I, and, I'm gonna go with that. Um, Sounds good to me. Yeah. So so I want to give a shout out from Gabe through me to Danny from Notre Dame Computer Science. Danny, all right, man. Who's yeah. also a seminarian? Seminarian, we, we think. Yeah. Which I really don't know the Notre Dame Computer Science component. I we really don't. have no idea what that means. Actually. Either way, Danny, we expect to see That's... you in San Francisco on the twenty second. So. <laughs> yeah. So get, get, get a plane. <laughs> we'll see you there. <laughs> That's the best. You so. guys, Danny's coming. Why aren't you? I mean, this is. I it. think you should all be there. Yeah, so we will provide for um, some drinks and some goodies. Goodies at Hotel Zephyr Monday to twenty second. All right, thirty to seven thirty. Business time, right? Sixteenth Sunday, in ordinary time. Sunday. We start off at Genesis eighteen one to ten a. Yo, when did that, you just nailed it. Okay, our responsorial psalm is coming from Psalm fifteen verses two through three, three through four, five, and the response itself is coming from one a. 
Dude, mine says 1B, but I believe you more you, than I believe me. This is the USCCBs. So. And then we have the Colossians, okay. um, chapter 1, 24 to 28. Boom. And our gospel is coming from the gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Dude, that's what I'm saying, yo. So here's what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these readings, and I'm seeing, I wanted originally to call it like a juxtaposition in something that's going on here. But I'm not comfortable calling it a juxtaposition anymore. But there, there's, it's a really inter- the first reading and the gospel. I think there's a really interesting, man. It feels like an opposite, but I know it's not. But it's a really interesting choice the church chose to choose to give us, <laughs> to give us these two together. It's, I'm fascinated by it. I've been thinking about it all day. Okay, you guys, I have to just uh, have a have a weird interlude. Okay, Scott and I we had a we had a recording mishap, and so we're having to do this a second time. It was a good one too. Yeah, yeah. We, so we've been we've been rocking. So so what, what's happening is that Scott and I have like are, are like searching the depths of our souls to like reproduce because we usually do the podcast in one take, one take wonders. But, but but I mean, literally, we were thirty minutes into the podcast and then we had a, just a recording error. So it was like it's just it's one of those painful. things to where we're. Like we're like back now. Check it. Is it recording? Yeah, I just okay. I, just when you said that, I was like, I should check that. So so um so this is so cool though. Is is we actually don't know. I I actually don't know what the connection you're going to get us to is. Oh, interesting. So what happens is on the first take, you seem to imply that you did. Well, no, because you get some guesses though. You know, this is good. This is yeah, good. Because I had this idea. Talk to me. Your idea was good though. You got to recash that. Because I'm always looking for structures within narrative. The, like structures and narrative are kind of what bring me to life. I. I, I um I just love seeing how the kind of rhythm of things play out. So, I looked and like here is Abraham in this first reading, and he what does he do? He bow he prostrates himself before these three these three visitors. The visitors, the, yeah, yeah, which is the Lord appears to Abraham. So these three visitors are like somehow encapsulate the Lord, and there's all these kind of mysterious things that happen. Genesis is weird when it Genesis is weird. Period. <laughs> and <laughs> Genesis is weird also in the way that it talks about the Lord appearing. So the, the Lord, when he appears, there's there's a decided movement that the Lord does throughout the Pentateuch, right? The first five books of the Bible um, of, of how the Lord appears. And he tends to always appear in things that are not, um, it, well, quite frankly, that he tends to appear in forms that are not able to be have an idol built out of them, right? So usually when the Lord appears... He's either a pillar of fire or some clouds or something like bush. that. A, something burning or something cloudy, which is hard to, because the, the problem that Israel has in this period of history is wanting to try to put gods or God in a box and, and make him into an idol that we can kind of capture him and, and worship this idol thing. And God's like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to be like smoke or cloud or fire, something that's hard to, not tangible. But occasionally you also see what appears to be the angelic, which is also referred to as God appearing. So God appears through his angels, through his servants sometimes. Mm. And so nobody's totally sure exactly what's going on here, but someone who represents the Lord is appearing to Abram here. It's, it's fascinating, though, the way it's sort of dealt with in Genesis. It's it's a lot like uh, that show Touched by an Angel, you know? It is exactly that. Yes, this is, <laughs> this is Romy something. 
Who's the, the actress? Oh, I don't even know. Medicine Quinn, what, Medicine Woman? Isn't it the same? <laughs> same yeah, Patty actress. Quinn, Medicine Woman? Patty Quinn. <laughs> that's our, D- that's oh, our diary that's funny here for at me. St. Tom's. Oh. Um, no, this is the thing is that um, I was looking, and here he prostrates himself, which is interesting. Before these three visitors. Yeah, yeah which is interesting in and of itself. And I okay. thought, okay, what's the context to this? Okay. So in, back in chapter 17, this is actually the third time that Abraham prostrates himself. Really? Yeah. The first time, I, I well done to I'm, act surprised. <laughs> <laughs> the this first is, time I'm hearing that. This is That's totally new information. This is really fun because we have this kind of meta experience going on right now <laughs> with you guys. Even though you're having the first one, it's really not to meant to exclude you. It's meant to include you. The fact that we have to do this. So, um, so he, this is the third time that he's prostrated. The first time, uh, God appears to him. And out of fear, he 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 bows into yeah. the dirt. He he puts yeah. face down into the dirt. Yeah. 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 Out of fear of kind of the the fact that God says, "I'm going to actually give you offspring." Well, I don't know if that's why he's afraid, but he's got good well, reason to be afraid. We'll, we'll get to that in a well, minute. It's God, but then he says, "I'm going to." It's not just because he's God; it's because it's God, and he's kind of in trouble. But we'll get to that in a minute. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh. Oh, uh, no, I'm excited to oh. find out what you mean by that, Scott. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, then so he prostrates out of fear. Out of fear. Falls down out of fear. Second time, he, um, God says, um, your wife Sarah's going to have a by baby. By the way. He's, he's like, yo, bro, I'm 99. He's 100, isn't he? Or is he 99? He's 99 okay. at that point. And, uh, and so, so what happens Which, is that he falls down on his face and laughs, and laughs to himself. Yeah. He's literally, it says in his mind, he's like, are you kidding me? Because ninety nine to be a dad. Lied. That's what he does not say it out loud. Out loud. <laughs> nice, but he laughs. He laughs. And he laughs so hard he falls down. Yeah, exactly. Because he's ninety nine. His legs are that strong. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> and then he, that's messed up, bro. I'm sorry. Is that not okay? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you're a ninety nine year old listener on the podcast. Please reach out to us and we will come visit you directly just so we can hang out with you. You can't promise that. I can't promise if that. If you are at the Hotel Zephyr on Monday, we will <laughs> hang out with you. Yeah, yeah. And if okay. you're 99, then you're even cooler at the Hotel Zephyr. That's true. That's we, their motto. That's you, on their website. <laughs> All right. What's the, talk to me. What's the third? The well, third we one is, the, is this one. Is this one. But <laughs> okay, what's so interesting. Prostrations. Three prostrations. And three laughs. And three laughs. So the first laugh is that is Abraham falls on his face and is like, Are you kidding me? Right. When he says he's, he's like, have kids. I mean, even even then it's as funny. Yeah. I I look out at our 80, 90 year olds at the parish and I'm like, I just try to imagine there's this one gal, Grace Tomich, and I always think of Grace and I'm like, if Grace was pregnant right now, it would freak me out, dude. I don't know why I'd respond to that. Yeah, because she's like I the because she's just this holy, wonderful, good woman, and she's she's significantly old. Yeah. And then I'm like, are you? Are, is this really like? So I think about that. So then yeah. he yeah. laughs because he because he, rightly he, so he, he finds it equally as funny as I yeah. do. Second laugh <laughs> is is when Sarah hears this, she, she laughs, laughs also because right, she's right, dead. Right. she's like, are you kidding me? Well, and then what is the fruit of this the laughter. The fruit of this laughter. The fruit of this laughter is is Isaac. Isaac himself, which means the one he laughs. He, 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 <laughs> the one who laughs. The one who laughs. Yeah, which is funny. The, the rabbis actually talk about this. How 
initially even there's even a change in the meaning of his name right so initially abraham and sarah both hear this they're like this is ridiculous they laugh almost scornfully right like oh, you got to be kidding me but then the laughter will change from like the scornful laugh to the joy-filled laugh of actually we really do have a child now um, so even the laugh itself changes its form so isaac embodies all of that so he's the third laugh then right Absolutely. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. That's new information. So three prostrations, three laughs. Three prostrations, three laughters. Which you, when you set that up and you did this last time, I, 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 I didn't have a good way to enter into what I wanted to talk about. But the three prostrations and the three laughs are actually perfect because the context, and you've already talked about context a bit, but the context for those three, those two sets of three, are really significant because just before this, so in chapter 17, chapter 17 is all about a consequence that Abram gets for a sin he committed. So remember, Abram, back in chapter 12, God called Abram to follow him and promised them that he was, if he was faithful, he'd be a great nation and he would have land and he would be a blessing. That That's pretty fundamental to who Abram is supposed to be in the plan of God. He's supposed to be a blessing. And so much of the story of Abram is Abram being a curse to people. So he goes off to Egypt and does what he shouldn't do, tries to pass off his wife as his sister at one point, brings curse on the nation of Egypt, has a child out of wedlock with his wife's maidservant. They end up having this terrible family dynamic. He casts them out of the family. They wander off in the wilderness. Right? He keeps bringing cursing on people. And by the time you get to chapter 17, there's this pretty profound consequence. I mean, God said to Abraham, I want you to trust me. I want to give you a child and children from him and, and descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. But I need you to trust me. And Abraham's like, well, I can't do that because I'm an old man. My wife's an old woman. I don't understand how this makes any sense. And so Abram takes matters into his own hands, takes, literally takes this woman who they had taken from Egypt, where they shouldn't have gone in the first place, has an affair with her, has a child out of wedlock. Um, this, this child named Ishmael it creates this very weird family dynamic. He ends up casting him out. And God says, no, Abram, you're not listening to me. You're not doing what I've asked you. And so there's going to be consequence. And actually in the text, there's silence from God. From the time that he has this affair with Hagar, to the time that he reappears and there's all the laughter, there's silence for years on God's part. There is silence. And I guarantee that Abram feels that, that he feels that God is not actually speaking to me right now. This is not good. And when God comes back and he does sort of reappear in Abram's life, there's this pretty big consequence. And he's like, I want you to actually carry on your very being, on your body, this sign of the punishment for what you've done. And so in chapter seven, you have commanded for the first time circumcision, where Abram, literally the, the punishment kind of fits the crime, right? He has to carry on his body in the very place that he committed, committed his lack of trust to God, this sign, this, this cut, so to speak, of what happened. And he has to do it to, he has to perform it on all of his, his household, which is a lot of people, this hundred year old guy circumcising people, which is just not a good yeah, idea. That's, like the, dude, that's not who you hard. want to perform your, your exactly. Bris. Anyway, the, the reason that's important though, is that what we get, this laughter and the prostrations all come immediately after this 100 year old man underwent this pretty painful, profound surgery, so to speak. And the very fact that a man, an old man who's just undergone what he's undergone, is now prostrating himself and laughing, right. it's the exact opposite of what you'd expect. And right. so where we pick it up in the story in chapter 18, it says, The Lord appeared to Abraham. He came back to him. 
uh, by the terebinth of Mamre, this tree that he's sitting under. And he, as he sat in the entrance of his tent while the day was growing hot and looking up, Abram saw these three men that you mentioned. What's going on here? Here's how the ancient rabbis, the, the, the ancients, interpret this. They say, in response to this punishment that Abram received, this right, this, uh, right punishment for what he had done, he begin, this is the moment, the chapter 18, they all say, is the moment that Abram finally begins to realize who he's supposed to be well, and, and finally wraps his mind around his vocation. Well, and that, that's actually why I think those prostrations and the way in which the, they, they're actually worded yeah. is important because the first prostration, so he says he fell down face forward. He second one, he's a Ouch. Is what your response is supposed to be. I mean, I think literally in the text, you should be thinking, wait, what just happened to that's, him? That's number one. Ow. Well, number two, he falls down face forward. Number three is he actually falls down face forward um, in worship, which is one word. Before it's three words. I thought words. that was the third one. The third one is fall down face forward. So first is fear. Second is laughter. Right. Probably on his side. And, and the third one is worship. Yeah. But this is the thing is that the third one in worship is after circumcision. And so he, uh, uh, is that the only one that's after the circumcision? Right, okay. exactly. Okay. Okay. So then it's like absolutely powerful, plea, painful. Well, I mean, you should be, cr- I mean, I don't mean to get graphic, but I mean, like, you should read this and cringe. And yes. be like, oh my gosh. The very fact that this thing has just happened to him, which, you know, it's he's an old man. He's just undergone this thing. He should be, like, resting or in a bed someplace or recovering, but he's not. And this is what the rabbis all point to. They're like, his response to that is he's sitting up. He's awake. He's at the entrance of his tent. It's the time of the day when you're supposed to be taking a nap, quite frankly. It's the heat of the day. People in the Middle East would withdraw to the interiors of their tents. They'd take a nap because it's really hot. But he is actually sitting upright at the entrance of his tent, looking, as the ancients all say, for someone to serve. He's looking for someone to bless. Remember, that was his vocation in the beginning. Right. Abram, I want you to be a blessing Worldwide to the blessing. world. And he's like, now for the first time, he's kind of wrapping his head around it. And there's this principle I wanted to mention that, that comes from ancient Judaism. There's a, there's a rabbi who I think is actually a contemporary of Jesus who, who comes up with this concept. That's, he, he articulates this concept that existed long before him, that when God made the world, he kind of founded the world on three, principle, on three pillars. And that what it means to be a person who follows Yahweh is to live these three pillars. And the pillars are... Uh, Torah, which means God's word, to listen to God's word. Avodah, which means worship, to respond to God's word. And then the third one is Gemilut Chesed, which the best translation is works of loving kindness. So word, worship, and works. That to, to live the life of the divine, we're to listen to the words that God gives us, we're to respond in worship, and then we're to do something about it by works of loving kindness, to go and show the mercy that God shows the world to others. It's what we in the Catholic tradition call the corporal works of mercy, right? right. Do something about it, which they say that's what Abram's response is, which again, based on his age and what just happened to him, it's the exact opposite of what you'd expect him to be doing. Right. But he's looking, longing, waiting, watching for someone to serve and he sees these three figures he goes out it says he he runs did you catch that yeah dude. he runs Yikes. out of the tent and then he falls down to the ground he's like i want to serve you and then sarah makes him makes him bread he kills a small animal right and he does all of these things to serve these right there's uh there's another tradition that just to mention there's a tradition that suggests that these three figures, these three angels, we think, are actually the archangels, Gabriel, Raphael, and, Ma- and Michael. Really? Which they're... 
yes, there, yes, there is a tradition. I know you've never heard that before. That suggests this. And what's interesting about that, if that's true, what's interesting is that the next scene is when he goes off to Sodom and Gomorrah, which, and he prays and intercedes on them, and that's a whole different story. But as he goes to Sodom and Gomorrah, only two of these figures go with him. So three show up and only two go on with him, which is interesting. And so one of the traditions says, you know, one of the, the archangels is named Raphael. Do you remember what the name Raphael means? Um, uh, God provides. No. Uh, God on, heals. Man. We don't have time I... for this. It means God, God heals. And it's, so there is a... It's really, it's really funny. Scott, it's I, was, kind of funny. I was actually just thinking to myself... Uh, my brother and I were talking the other day, and he said, "What if we had an edit of the podcast where we took out all of the kind of like oh, fluff of us. anything, and then the fluff? <laughs> it's not fluff. I know Neil. he didn't. He didn't say fluff. Oh, okay, all right. I I said fluff. I was trying to come up the words because I'm trying to be efficient right That's here. Good. And he said, he said, what if there was just a sweet and condensed version of the podcast? Sweet and what's and funny, milk. and and what's so funny is that what you and I are doing is a sweet and condensed version. We're of the trying. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and and I and I couldn't stand it anymore. I, know, it's good. I needed I needed a break. It was That's like the right thing. It's like I've been sprinting <laughs> with oh, with, with no no. It's good. Yeah. I mean, but this if you want the podcast like directly it's just like drinking from a fire hose a little bit cuz that's like that's why we actually edit ourselves just so that you can endure <laughs> <laughs> endure like the the sheer it's intensity our of, act of gimme loot said toward gimme, you exactly yeah, yeah. yeah that's good <laughs> so so yeah so so Raphael's with him and if but what there's does any, it mean? If, uh, God heals <laughs> so so what's so cool is that that's actually the symbol for chiropractic you have the angel Raphael with his wings out i thought it was like the staff with the snake around. Oh, no, that's, that's the medical symbol. That's the medical symbol. And and so <laughs> this is so bizarre having the same conversation uh, totally a second time. Uh, just, it's good. It's good. This it's, is the right thing to do. Because Scott and I just keep but on I didn't, looking at I know each you other. said that on the first take of the podcast, but I didn't realize that Raphael is the symbol for chiropractic, yeah, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah, because he does a lot of natural healing. Raphael? Yeah. Well, divine healing, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, natural, well, supernatural. I mean, yeah, well, he he uses like smoke from like fish scales, and he's he uses a bunch Here of omega threes oils. Is that what happens them? in Tobit? Yeah. I think the next time we see Raphael is in Tobit, right? Tobit he uses and, fish and, stuff. Yeah, exactly. He uses well, fish stuff to feel feel to feel people to heal to people. heal people while they're trying to get their inheritance, which is right, yeah. right and good. It's it is, but but here, so as the tradition, there is a tradition that suggests that if these are the three archangels, two three of them show up, only two will go on. But when does Abram probably need Abraham? He's, his name has changed by this point. What does he, Abraham need totally most? totally a ham by this point. Yes. But he needs healing. I mean, he is pouring himself out, probably in great pain. And the tradition, the Jewish tradition suggests that God sees how he's finally wrapping his head around what he's supposed to be. He's finally imitating God by showing divine G- mercy. And in response, God sends Raphael, the divine healer, to bring physical healing to Raphael. Mm. And then Raphael's portion is, his his job is done, and so only two more angels go on, which is, it's an interesting way to read the story, it, to, and to show that God's response to the way that we respond to him. And, and what's so beautiful is now he even goes and he intercedes, but this will be next week for the podcast is he intercedes for Sodom. He says, because God says, what if there's only, and Abraham says, what if there's only a few people? And he says like, no, no, please Lord spare everything. Yeah. I have an interesting insight on that, but that's for next time. That's for next week. Um, That's it. So, so, so this concept is a good segue into the Psalm because the concept of uh, the Hebrew concept that I keep calling Gimelud Chesed, 
um, which we might call works of loving kindness or or showing mercy, whatever. Corporal the works of mercy. Corporal works of mercy and the Catholic ethos. Which which is the, how the whole um, Torah is actually bracketed. Because he starts off. Tell and, me more. Yeah, yeah. What happens is that is that in in the in the Torah, the five books of the, the Bible, first five books, yeah, first five books in Genesis. What happens yeah. is that he closed the naked, right, directly after after Adam after, and Eve sinned. Yeah, it's God who closed it. Yeah, wow, and, I've never. And then and then at the and then the, at the end of the book of De- Deuteronomy, yeah, tell me He more. actually goes <laughs> and he and God Himself buries Moses. God Himself buries Moses. Yeah, yeah. That's so, a so really it's like great insight, <laughs> yeah, Father yeah. Peter. Yeah, yeah, man. I've been studying really hard. I've been listening to podcasts. Oh, yeah. This is That's so good. much no. fun taking your stuff Thank and you. giving it back to you. <laughs> but it is beautiful. So, I mean, the, the whole idea is that God frames the whole Torah, the law around the law, which we see as, you know, something is dry or boring. He frames it around works of loving kindness, the works of mercy, right? And yeah. so our job is to imitate that. Right. And there, there's this shorthand that's used throughout the Old Testament when you see God's or people... Uh, trying to live this out, trying to show Gemilut Chesed um, to other people, the the shorthand that the Old Testament tends to use are the combination of the words justice and righteousness. So oftentimes you'll see the stories of the kings and stuff, right? That such and such king was terrible and he was evil. And then there was this other king who did justice and righteousness in the sight of the Lord. It says that a lot. And whenever you see it say that, what what it's saying is, it's not just justice in the litigious sense. It's not just justice legally speaking, but it's shorthand in the Hebrew for showing gemilut hased, showing loving kindness. And so our psalm picks that theme up. It says, he who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. And it doesn't mean he who just like legally does justice. You hurt me, I hurt you. That's not what this means. It's a reference. It's a shorthand for gemilut hased. He who is does gemilut hased will live in the presence of the Lord. And then it goes on. The whole psalm is about don't not harming your fellow man. Don't reproach your neighbor. Don't lend money at usury. Don't accept bribes against the innocent. All of these things don't show reproach against your despised. All of these things of showing, it's really not just about showing these, it's not about being nice to each other. And that's one thing I really need to stress. This is not a reading about let's be nice to each other. It's a reading about here's how we are obliged to imitate God who clothes the naked and he buries the dead and he comforts the afflicted. That's what he does. So the only proper response as human beings is to imitate him. Which is totally why we have Colossians. Okay. Because St. Paul is here and he's saying, look, I'm actually going to imitate Ah, the Gemilu Hased of the Lord. Who in, what did did he do? Jesus Christ in his work of loving mercy and and, and righteousness Mm. set us free. He Absolutely. actually completed the corporal works of mercy and c- encapsulated them in the ultimate act of mercy. And now yeah. St. Paul says, yeah. I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Because I am imitating Because I God. am in Christ who did this. Yeah. And I'm filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the church. Which is a tricky line. And, on and behalf of his body, the church. On behalf of his body. On behalf of his body. Yeah, so what I happens? I don't know if I've ever caught that. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Because our Protestant brothers and sisters have a uh, oftentimes have a struggle, like as if as if Jesus Christ's crucifixion something is lacking, right? right? Yeah. What does that mean? What's yeah, lacking like, in the afflictions of Christ? I thought Jesus did it once for all. Well, what's the only thing lacking? Us, our participation, right? right. Us. He needs us to do it. It's a funny thing, I and mean, this is where where it's an invitation. 
not and, yes, and that, that's exactly. why that's why he uses that analogy throughout scripture i'm throwing a wedding feast yeah. are you going to come are you going to actually be clothed in the garment and this is the thing i mean we, we this is where i was really hung up back before i understood my catholic faith when i was and this isn't a, a slam to our protestant brothers and sisters but when i was in kind of more protestant circles i didn't understand this but what the new testament is saying and what paul is saying is that Christ didn't suffer so we don't have to. Christ suffered so that we are able to. Right. So that we can actually take on the sufferings of this world and unite it to him and actually bring fruit. We can be imitators. It's not that Christ suffered and died on a cross and rose from the dead so that we don't have to do anything. Right. It's that he suffered and died on a cross so that we can do everything. Right. So that we're able to be imitators. And I mentioned last week on the podcast, you didn't show up for it. But I mentioned <laughs> last, I did mention last week that one of the issues in the, the city of Colossae, the church in Colossae, is that they are being misled by these false teachers into this sort of proto-Gnosticism where they're being led to believe that physical, fleshly, bodily things are bad and only spiritual things are good. And so Paul is going out of his way to say, look, where Jesus did this battle was in his flesh. Mm. And where I imitate him is in my body. Mm. Because I carry in my body later on, he actually calls himself a jar of clay. I am like an icon. I walk around literally carrying the presence of God in me as an icon so that you can look at me and see how beat up and messed up and broken I am and be like, oh, I see God through that because that's what he did. And I see that you're an imitator now. Right. And which is in a very real way, even though it's as a punishment. Abram is, in a certain sense, a foreshadowing of the sufferings that Christ will take yes. on. He, it is a punishment that he has to be circumcised. He but bears in it in sense, his flesh. He bears a foreshadowing of Christ who will bear all of our sin in his flesh and take it to the cross. The new and sign the of the covenant. Down. Exactly right. Woof. Which takes us to the gospel. So my first connection, by the <laughs> way, right. we talked about a connection in this, okay. um, which we did not have this conversation yet. No, this we, is we where actually, the, this is the, where the technical, <laughs> technical difficulties yeah. began. Um, is that uh, here is Martha, who is at the feet of Christ. She we actually, should say this is the famous Martha Mary story. Martha Mary story. We always count on you guys having read this before we actually talk about the podcast. Do we? I, I do. No, that's good to know. Um, but what, what happens is that uh, here is Mary, and what does she do? She falls to the ground. Oh, I never caught that. So Abraham Sorry, just in case falls they haven't, to the ground. So there's this great story. Jesus goes to a village. There's this woman named Martha and a woman named Mary. Um, Mary sat beside the Lord listening to him and Martha is doing all the stuff. She's like, I'm making the meal. I'm cleaning the house. Right. I'm doing all the stuff. And she's like, Lord, don't you care that my sister's not doing anything? And he, he is the famous line, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and worried about many things. There's only one need, needful thing. Mary has chosen the better part. It's not going to be taken for her. But I never caught. That's interesting. That where Where does it say she prostrates herself so she says um uh she sat beside the feet of the lord listening to him she lowers herself yeah she's she's if you're seating at somebody's feet you're on the ground yeah 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 so, you're so, right you're so right so, it's so she does prostrate before him yeah, Interesting. yeah she, in a certain in a certain sense it, not fully it, prostrate yeah it, it's a it's um linked narrative mm. in gesture not it's not so ex, ex, it's not so like um, explicit yeah but it's subtle it's, it's there it's implied so here's where i was thinking of the juxtaposition but i know it's not so i mean what, what do you have this this is this famous story and i've heard it preached on a million times and talked on in talks it seems to be a story about how 
you got Mary, who she just wants to be with Jesus. And Martha is being the good host, and she's stressed about the food and doing all the things. Right. And Jesus is like, that's silly. All you need to do is just be with me. Right. Which, if you think about it, it kind of is the opposite of what we got in the first reading. How is Abram blessed? Why is he sort of blessed by God? Because he he's willing to the, serve. Yeah, he butchers the animals. He makes some bread. How can I serve? Right. Yes. But but the thing that's important about this is in, that what in the, Latin they call it yo serviam. <laughs> yo serviam. <laughs> no, is that really true? No, no. no. <laughs> in in Latin, Satan's fall is non serviam. I will not serve. Uh, yo serviam. Yeah, yeah, yo. I, I just but the, it was it was a really stupid no, dad fun. joke. It was good. It was yeah, good. Thanks. It was good. No, and so so here he was able to serve, and now we've got Martha and Mary, and Martha is serving, and Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, and it <laughs> looks like Jesus is bashing serving. Right. You could read this in such a way to be like, oh, serving's dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's worth, and I think some of our, pro- some strains of Protestantism pick up on this and like, oh, it's all about what, it's not about what you do. It's not about your works, right? Right. But the church in her great wisdom is putting these readings together to show us, no, that's a false dichotomy. Right. That's not what we're, and Jesus never says, no, you're doing the wrong thing. He simply says, Mary has chosen the better part, which almost implies that what Martha has chosen is a good part. Because quite frankly, if you invite somebody over, you probably should host them. Yep. Like clean the house, make some food. We're going to have people in San Francisco. We should get some stuff, right? That wouldn't be cool if we were to be like, hey, everybody come and see us in San Francisco. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to sit there. Right. Like that's not okay. But that's not what it's saying. It's the anxiousness and the worry. Martha isn't looking to serve. She's like, oh, geez, everything has to be perfect. That's, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to try to put myself in Martha. Right. But it is a both and. And you can't have flatly one without the other. Well, and it's also it also expresses what is the nature of serving. You can see Abraham went elaborate, and I used to have Abraham what? Abraham went elaborate. He butchered a new animal. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he made a bunch went of bread. Elaborate, yeah. He went elaborate. Whereas whereas um like I, I and had he a, was blessed for it, right? And I had a scripture teacher, and she told me she said, um, Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things. Yeah. Only one thing is necessary, which is put a casserole in the oven and then hang out with your sister. Right. <laughs> like like the necessary thing is to actually to be with Jesus and that all of this is at service of actually the, this communion of person. And that's what the key is. All of it is at the service of the communion with God. Abram is looking for someone to serve, not because he wants to show up in the Martha Stewart magazine as right. being a great host or looking so, you know, having the reputation of this great host. He's looking for someone to show Gemilut Chesed to. He's looking mm. for someone to be the presence of God to, or the imitation of God to. Right. Martha, the implication is she's stressed out about, like, it needs to be perfect. I need to look like a good host. I'm not trying to put words in her mouth or her heart. But but it's not simply about service. It's not simply about doing versus being. Tell That's her the to, wrong tell juxtaposition. Tell her to help me. Tell her to do it. Or to help me, I suppose. To help me because I got too much going. But the, which, which tells me it's about her. Right. It's not about being in the presence of God. Right. Abram is looking for someone to show God's blessing to. Right. Martha seems to be looking to bless herself. Right. And I hate to say that because I don't know Martha. You know what I mean? But the fact that the church puts these together is trying to tell us that it's not so simple as works versus being or works versus faith. That's not it. It's the intention of what Martha's doing. It, this really touches a thing that has been moving in my heart, which is um, this idea that 
Morality is about uh, uh, adherence to the presence of God. Morality is about adherence to the presence of God. Okay. Not measure. Ooh. So this came. Mm. This comes out of um. Uh. Uh. uh who's mm. the Who's the guy from Christian Life? Uh, not the Christian Life. Um. Um. Communion Liberation. Giassani. Oh yeah, Giassani. Giassani. So this is a chapter title that that I read. Um, I was I, I visited a school, a community this last week. Mm. But this is the beautiful thing: is is adherence to the presence of God. So what did Abraham finally have to learn? Is not adherence not just merely that it's the measure that I'm no. supposed to have this child and be worldwide blessing, mm. but no, I'm actually supposed to adhere to God, and that's actually how it happens. Yeah. And he has to yeah. learn that in his flesh, in the sufferings of his flesh. St. Paul wow. learns that in his flesh. In his flesh, in the sufferings of his flesh. Right, for the body, because wow. he understands his communion with God. And so now wow. because he's wow. in it, he actually can suffer for the for the body. Martha and Mary, huh. where are they? They're, they're actually, we actually stand in the question, am I just going to try to measure up to Jesus and the disciples, yeah. or am I going to adhere to the presence? Mm. And and so it's, it's you kind of have the, this kind of like this beautiful question. Mm. So you have two demonstrations in a Beautiful question. Two demonstrations and a question. Right. That's the name of the podcast this week. I love that we kind of, I I, we just keep coming up at the end. It's That's like, good. That's it's, good. it's just really a beautiful thing. So, so are we going to adhere to the presence of Christ? Are we going to do that? Or are we just still trying to measure up to some version of something that we that think is probably created? Right. right. And, and, and not actually what that, what that is, even maybe out of a promise of what God has spoken to our hearts. And that's what Abram is doing. Abram's got an idea in his head of what the promise of God is supposed to look like. Right. And every time he pursues his idea of what the promise of God is supposed to look like, right. he blows it. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, maybe I'll just wait and see what God shows me is his promise. I'll right. just sit here for a while right. and see what he brings. I'll look. But he's watchful. It's not a laziness. It's not a lethargy. It's a looking watchfulness. Right. Show me. And then God shows him. And he's like, now I act. Now I do. Now I go. But it wasn't about him. It was about what he was showing. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. You guys, thanks oh. for being with us. We look forward to seeing you in the Bay Area, San Francisco, Monday, Hotel Zephyr. Hotel Zephyr, 530, 730, July 22nd. Be there or be square. Yeah. Don't be square. Be there. And we would love to see you. We're hoping yep. you guys show up. Keep it real. All right. See you next time. Okay. Bye. The Word on the Hill podcast is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. You can find us online at www.thomascenter.org A-I-C-T, and you can find the Lanky Guys podcast at lankyguys.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back next time.